Yo, what the fuck is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Ash Cheeks Podcast. I'm your host, your incredibly grateful host, Ashley Taylor. I just want to start off this week by saying thank you. Like, thank you so much to everyone who listens to this podcast every week and everyone who really interacts with me. Thank you to everyone who gets invested in this show and really my life. Thank you to everyone who follows up with me, whether it be by text or DMing me on Instagram or whatever and sharing your feedback with me about the episode. I started this podcast four months ago in my kitchen. I maybe had like 5,000 followers on Instagram, I think at the time, five or 10,000, something like that. It was mostly people that I knew from high school or college or um, from Charlotte or my hometown. And in just a couple of months, this platform has really started to grow. This podcast is streamed in 44 countries. I was just looking earlier. I look at it all the time, actually, because it um, amazes me, like, each episode. Singapore, Cyprus, Granada, the Philippines, Thailand, Guam, United Arab Emirates, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, Romania, Saudi Arabia, Denmark. And this is a testament of my ignorance, but I didn't even know some of these places were countries. Like, can you guys even understand me? What language do you guys speak in the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan? I don't know. I only know English. And at first I was like, maybe it's just a robot. Like, there's not actually a person there that's listening to me. Surely not, right? And that's why I started posting occasionally. After I post an episode, I'll show a little, like, screenshot or screen recording on my phone of all of the countries that the episode has been streamed in. And then... Some of you guys will DM me and be like, oh, I'm the one of the people that's listening from Romania. And I'm like, holy shit, people are really listening to me there. It blows my fucking mind. Like, I don't know how you guys heard of me or found me. I'm sure from like my shit talking reels on Instagram. But just the fact that so many of you not only listen, but are really like invested in my life and really seem to care about me like genuinely care about me and you follow up with me and you check in on me and see how I'm doing um it really just fucking blows me away I want to visit every country where you guys listen how fucking cool would that be I need a travel companion and a bodyguard to keep me safe and I want to travel to every podcast or every country that this podcast is streamed and visit and record an episode that would be so cool I'll refilm it for my youtube Someday it'll happen. So it's just crazy to me how this has unfolded in just a couple of months. But what I'm particularly grateful for this week, you guys like really fuck with me. <laughs> like you actually fuck with me. I opened up a little bit recently on Instagram about feeling a little sad lately at the beginning of the week. And the amount of support that I got from people really touched me. It Like a fucking lot. It kind of makes me a little bit emotional. And it really gives me hope for the world. Like I've been really jaded. Um, I do get some hate on social media, but I accept that and I'm kind of welcoming of it. Actually, I love a good roast. In my personal opinion, I think the hallmark of a great relationship is the healthy balance of roasting each other and great fucking makeup sex. You have to be able to laugh at yourself in life. You just have to or you'll go fucking crazy. And I think it's important to find someone that you can do that with. Let's laugh with each other, laugh at each other and then fuck eat the shit out of each other afterwards. So anyways, I opened myself up to being roasted on the internet because most of my content is me talking shit and me making fun of things. Obviously, anybody who really knows me, like really knows me in real life, I have a fucking good heart. Like I'm not a hateful person at all. But yeah, I do like talking shit, but I dish it and I can take it. I love, I can't 
talk shit on the internet and expect no one to never like talk shit back to me about anything. Now, do I read every single comment? No, not always. Most of the time I don't actually. Sometimes I do and I'll laugh at them. But if I'm already not feeling great or maybe something's been bothering me lately or making me upset, I'm not going to read that shit. Why? Why would I? Of course, it's going to get to me whenever I'm in a vulnerable space. So I get some hate, but mostly (laughs) it's like about the size of my nostrils, which I think is hilarious. How I have no ass. Like men love to comment on them like ass cheeks. You have no ass. Your ass is so flat. Um, And a lot of men will say things about how I'm going to be alone forever. But I get so much more love than I do hate. And that's what I'm grateful for. Whenever I opened up earlier this week about being sad, a lot of people reached out to me and not on like flirtatious trying to slide in my DM share, anything like that, like real genuine messages, supportive messages. I was really blown away by the number of men that said things like, thank you for being real and showing this side of you. Like it's refreshing to see you being like that Uh, one guy said something he was like thanks for being vulnerable about this because it gives me hope in dating that's what he said it gives me hope in dating and women and finding someone and that reminded me of some feedback that I got from Dave Lipson when I first started this podcast some of you guys may know Dave Lipson he's a pretty big figure in the fitness world um and I absolutely fucking adore Dave and his wife Camille I'm we're trying to schedule a time uh, to get them back on the podcast after Thanksgiving we've both been like really busy um but he told me early on when I started the podcast he was like I love your podcast because you open up about the things that make men empathetic to women And one of my best fucking friends, (laughs) the conversations that I have with that man, I mean, we have zero romantic interest in one another whatsoever, but the conversations that we have, if I ever find a man that I can converse with and match that level of depth that I am romantically interested, my God, I will marry him in a fucking heartbeat. I'll have to. But my friend and I, we have these really deep conversations about stuff like what I'm going to be talking about in the episode today. And him and I started having these conversations in the last few years. And I've seen him evolve and grow so much in the last couple of years, particularly with his relationships and interactions with women. And I, I know, I mean, he's grown a lot as a person. I'm just saying I've become aware of it because I'm, that's something that I'm like actually paying attention to because we talk about it so much. Um, And I know a lot of it has to do with the things that I have opened up to him about and perspectives that I've shared with him from my own experiences. When I first met him, he was really jaded about relationships and women in general. I don't think that he ever really thought that he would have a relationship with another woman again he didn't have interest in marriage and he knew that any relationship would inevitably be moving in that direction eventually or nowhere so he kind of thought he felt like it was kind of out of the cards for him and most of his interactions with women they were really casual He's an amazing person. He's always has so respectful and he treats women very, very, very well. He was sweet to them. Like I said, respectful, but he treated women and sex like it was disposable. I remember him telling me things like, Ash, it's so fucked up. There were times when I would have sex with more girls than there were days in the week. And as him and I would share our experiences with each other and he could see things from my end, the perspective of a woman and how my interactions with men were affecting me, it started to shift his perspective as he was able to see mine. Because for the first time, I think it really kind of slapped him in the face like, oh shit, somebody's on the other end of this. 
Like, I can have my interactions with women and I can be polite and I can walk on the outside of the sidewalk and open the door for you and be respectful. But, and if I'm up front about it, like, I'm not going to be your man. Like, this isn't going to be anything serious. I'm not looking for anything serious. This isn't going anywhere. Then I can kind of operate from a position of power and let it be what it is for me. And then the woman would just kind of have to deal with that. But then he was starting to realize, like, somebody's on the other end of that. There is really a woman on the other end of that. And she does have feelings. And regardless of what she may say, like, she may say she's cool with it or whatever. But it's going to affect her. We've had a lot of conversations about casual sex and, like, the sex-positive culture today. And the effects that that mentality is having, not only on our, our relationships and our ability or inability to form any healthy or meaningful relationships anymore, um, but also just on how it's affecting us as people individually, our mental health, our own self-worth, our values, our priorities. And he would see me get hurt by men. Like he was there. He was really there for me a lot during a really shitty breakup. And he saw how much that hurt me and how I tried to navigate my way out of that. And the interactions that I was having with men afterwards, just trying to fill the void. Like when I was in these casual dating situations or whatever, and like, oh, it's whatever. It's nothing. It's just sex. And like he would see how it would end up affecting me. How all of those situations ended up hurting me even more. And he saw that. He witnessed that. And he saw how hurt I was. And he was like, I don't want to make somebody feel like that. And I know it's not all, it doesn't all have to do with me. Like most of it is just really, truly the man that he's becoming, the man that he is and that he's continuing to grow and evolve into. He's an amazing person. Uh, he has great examples of what love should look like, how a man should treat a woman. He has sisters to learn from as well. But I do know that my vulnerability with him and my openness, particularly about my relationships with men, really have given him a different insight that he wasn't really privy to previously. And it has definitely forever had an effect on how he will interact with women. And that's a good thing. Um, and that's the kind of shit that made me start this podcast. I love talking about this shit. I'm a deep person. I'm an incredibly deep person. And this bitch loves to talk. I could talk all day about this stuff. And seeing the effect that it has had just on one person. Like seeing it through him first. Because he was the closest person to me. We had such a close relationship. And then when I had that conversation with Dave. Once I actually started the podcast. And hearing from him. Like it meant so much to me. Because I fucking adore his marriage with Camille so much. Like they're couple goals to me I really adore their love and how like I just love th their relationship their dynamic so much and so hearing from him that me opening up about what I was going through and my own interactions with men how that is um, kind of helped provide him with an insight that helps him understand women and his own wife better that's fucking dope like that's that makes it worth being vulnerable and kind of putting my own heart on the line and talking about these types of things and it's tricky having a platform and opening up about things that are personal sometimes I'm like does anybody fucking care like I like to talk and so I'll just talk but like does anybody fucking care and part of me is totally an open book and I'm comfortable being transparent, but there's also like a huge part of me that has walls up. I've talked about that in recent episodes. It's so hard for me 
to be emotional, emotionally vulnerable. I can't talk. It's so hard for me to be emotionally vulnerable with men uh, because I'm so fucking scared of getting hurt again. At the end, of, that's the bottom line. So it's hard for me to come on a podcast and be emotionally vulnerable because I know those men, the men in my life, have access to this and they can listen and they don't even have to do anything. They don't have to earn me opening up to them. It's just out there for them to absorb and do with them what they will. And that's not always a good thing. It makes me scared of being taken advantage of for sure. I had a situation happen recently where I opened up to someone about something on a podcast episode and it was a good thing at first and led to some conversations that really allowed me to open up more and it was a good thing because I need to do that like I need to be more vulnerable emotionally with men if I ever want to have a fucking relationship again I have to let go of that fear but in this particular situation while it was a good thing at first by the end of it I was left feeling kind of like manipulated and stupid and I just felt like what I had opened up about again was kind of I don't know, a, a tool to manipulate me. Not in a malicious way at all. Like, I don't think it was intentional by any means. I think it, I think this person is a great person. I think it was just kind of careless and like a little selfish and not taking into consideration that there is someone on the other end of it. And after that happened, I felt really fucking stupid. Like, I felt so dumb for opening up about the things that I had opened up about because I flat out said I was in a fragile place emotionally and mentally and I felt like someone came along and read that and was like this is a guide to like kind of help pick like help me back up I felt like someone came along and helped me up off the ground just to trip me and knock me down again for no reason like well why did you do that like you could have just left me on the ground I would have gotten up myself <laughs> I mean don't worry I'll get up myself now but you could have just left me there to begin with and feeling stupid made me feel really angry. Like, I do not like feeling stupid <laughs> at all. I wanted to quit my podcast. I kind of wanted to quit the whole thing altogether. And then I was like, okay, no, maybe I'll still do the podcast. I just won't talk about anything personal anymore. And then I was like, okay, because that's like one of the things that people love about my podcast is that I talk about things that are personal. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll still talk about things that are personal, but I won't talk about them as I'm going through them. I'll wait until I've gotten through it. I've processed through it. And it's not like, I don't have to have that fear of that. What I'm going to talk about. Somebody's going to be able to like take that and use it and manipulate me or whatever. But then I was like, no, like this is what makes this show, this fucking show. This is, that's what makes me, me. I have to talk about this kind of stuff. And this is why I started podcasting. This is like what, what I like about podcasting. I like talking about this stuff. I like having a space to talk about the things that I'm going through because it helps me process through them and find insight and healing. And I think it provides an opportunity for other people to listen and learn and uh, to be able to apply it in their own lives and relationships as well. And that is why I'm grateful because you guys give me a healthy, supportive space to do that. When I was sad this week, I got so many supportive messages. So many fucking people sent me sad songs to listen to whenever I was requesting it. And that is my love language. I said, I was like, my love language is sending me good music. I'm feeling sad. I want to listen to sad music. And so many fucking people responded. I even had a few people from reach out from like other countries like, can this be a multicultural experience? Can I send you sad music in different language? 
I was like, hell yeah. Like, I would love to cry to some Spanish music. Why not? Like, what's it like crying in Spanish versus crying in English? I don't know. Let's find out. Um, and I haven't gotten one hateful message or a comment about this podcast, honestly. I haven't had one person say anything negative about anything that I've talked about on the podcast. Like, it's all just been positive feedback. And when I opened up about being lonely in the last episode and then opening up or, um, about feeling lonely or feeling sad this past week on my social media and seeing that support that I got, it made it all worth it. It showed me that being vulnerable is a good thing. And that's what I've struggled with the most. I've not been able to have any healthy relationships with men because I couldn't get to that place because I could never be emotionally vulnerable with anyone long enough to get to that place because I've been so fucking scared of getting hurt. Because that's really all I've ever known or seen. People that say those hateful comments to me on social media, like, you're going to be alone forever. Like, no guy's ever going to want to be with you. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. Was that supposed to hurt me? That wasn't hurtful. It was true. Like, tell me something I don't know. I probably am going to be alone forever. And I know that it's my fault because I'm so fucking scared of getting hurt again. It's like, I'm okay with just being alone forever because I don't ever want to open myself up to the possibility of maybe possibly potentially getting hurt again because I didn't think I could handle getting hurt again. The only romantic love that I've ever known has fucking destroyed me in the end. So I didn't even want it anymore. I'm like, nope, you guys can keep it. Keep your love. I'll just stay over here by myself. And I didn't really think that I was worthy of the type of love that I wanted because I had never seen it or felt it for myself. Opening up on this podcast lately has been my first step towards vulnerability since I started going to therapy and trying to work through and address that. And the feedback and support that I've gotten from you guys has really showed me that it is okay to be vulnerable and that it's actually a good thing and that I can actually be loved and valued for it and not destroyed by it. I was in therapy recently and I can't even remember what we were talking about or how we got to this place but my therapist just kept saying over and over again she said it like three or four times you deserve love you deserve love you deserve love and I was like <laughs> it makes me emotional to um even think about it right now because it really is fucking sad to me because I didn't realize how much I didn't believe that like as she kept saying you deserve love you deserve love I was like I do and that stuck with me so much after that session like why why don't I feel like I deserve love how did I get here most of my relationships have been plagued by cheating I grew up around cheating I thought everyone cheats mostly men I thought all men cheat and that it was just you ended up being with and marrying whoever you could tolerate tolerate it from and of all the relationships that I've ever been in all but one of them has ended in cheating. Or at least there was cheating or some type of unfaithfulness at some point. The one that didn't end in cheating, we cut things off because it kind of just felt like a friendship to us. Like we neither, we thought each other were like great people, but we didn't really have any chemistry. And then of all my relationships that did end in cheating, so all the other ones, I was cheated on in all of them except for one. And that one was probably the closest that I've ever gotten to like real love 
Like I mentioned, I grew up around cheating. My parents' marriage ended in cheating. Other relationships after that with my parents or people in my family, they all cheated. Somebody cheated. I just always have had a very jaded view of relationships and cheating. I seriously thought everyone fucking cheated. I started dating this guy. This was years ago. I started dating this guy unexpectedly. Like I had been in a really toxic, abusive, awful fucking relationship off and on for about four years and there was a lot of cheating in that relationship I probably wasn't in the best place mentally after that for a while and especially when I started dating this man unexpectedly it was someone that like I had been friends with for a really long time we had the same group of friends and and it like I said it was unexpected we hung out and then it kind of just led to us dating it was not like neither one of us were really looking for anything and but we took things slow and he was really, really patient with me. He was observant. He wanted to understand me. And he was so good to me. He was gentle. He was compassionate. He was respectful. And everyone in his life around me was good to me too. Like I loved all of them. He came from such an amazing family. His parents were together and they were, they had a great marriage. They were a great example of how two people should love each other. And I could really start to see everything that I had in mind of what a man was supposed to be like. The qualities of a good husband and the markers of a good marriage. All these things that I kind of, I thought were probably just fairy tale bullshit that weren't really even real just like some hallmark movie bullshit i started to see all that kind of come to fruition in front of me for the first time i started to see what my life would be like with this person what a marriage and a family with this person could be like and it was all perfect and ideal and unfamiliar like really fucking unfamiliar because i had never seen it i didn't grow up around that like he did like I didn't think I deserved it. I didn't think that I fit into it. And I really didn't think I was good enough for it. I was like, I'm going to fall in love with you and live happily ever after. And I have no idea how to do that. And I fucked it up. I cheated on him one time. And I fucked up everything. I hurt him. I hurt his family. I hurt our friends. I hurt myself. I really fucking hurt myself. And I spent the next three or so years hating myself for it. Like, I was just like, why the fuck did I do that? I couldn't rationalize how I got to that point. Like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm fiercely fucking loyal. Like, I, that's just not me. Like, I would never do that. And I, like I said, I couldn't figure out, like, I was like, why, why did I do this? How did I get here? Like, how did I fuck up this badly? I couldn't, I kept reflecting back on a conversation that we had um, prior to that happening. And like I mentioned, we took things really slowly in the beginning. He was really patient with me and I could tell that he was curious. Like he knew my head was all fucked up and he knew about that really fucked up relationship that I had had before that. And it was like he wanted to understand me, but our communication wasn't really the best. We didn't talk about things. We didn't talk about our feelings at all, like at all. We didn't talk about where him and I were with things. It was kind of just like we just were like... And again, I struggled with being vulnerable emotionally then too. And so did he. Like he, he made me feel loved, but he never told me that he loved me. 
never once he never told me how he felt about me he just showed me and I thought that I needed to hear it like for it to be real and I tried to talk to him about it and I remember him in that one conversation he said like Ashley I'm not going to tell you how I feel one of my favorite ways to express myself is through words obviously so I have a podcast I like talking I like writing I love journaling Lately, I like channeling heartache into songwriting and singing. Fuck, I love expressing my emotions through singing, like, so much. That's, like, my favorite right now. And because I'm so expressive with my words, I guess I assume that everyone else is, too. Like, if I want to tell you how much I love you because I feel like that's the best way for me to express it, for you to fully feel it, then it's like, I want to feel that from you, too. Does that make sense? So I guess in that situation, that's what I was looking for. I guess I couldn't, if he couldn't articulate it and he couldn't tell me that he loved me, then he must really not. And whatever I was feeling wasn't real. Whatever that part of me that felt like I don't deserve love, that validated it. And I didn't think I was going to hurt him because I didn't think it was possible for anyone to ever really start to fall in love with me. And it's so ironic now because those words were so important to me then. And ever since then, it's like I've been searching for a man that will make me feel that love, that treats me that way, that's patient and attentive and caring and respectful and loyal and supportive. And I keep falling for all these men that are sweet talkers. And they tell me all these things that I'm sure they just think that I want to hear. And I do. I fucking love hearing it. I really do. I'm a sucker for a sweet talker. But they just use those things to hurt me. They're all empty words they don't mean anything it's empty promises they lie to me they manipulate me I was on a date with a man recently and he asked what's your love language I kind of like laughed at first and I was like well it used to be words of affirmation but now people's words don't really mean jack shit to me anymore and he was like yeah I already picked up on that I was like well what do you mean and earlier on in the night we um had been talking about how I had just moved to Orlando and he was like I want to take you here and here and let's go do this and that and I was like yeah 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 we'll see you say that now but like I I'm to me it was just words like I was like he's not he doesn't mean it. and once you get what you want once you fuck me we're not going anywhere that's what was going through my mind my last relationship fucked me up so badly because I thought that that was the most in love I had ever been with someone. And I thought that that was the most any man had ever been in love with me. Like, he really made me feel loved. And he told me everything. Like, everything I could have ever wanted to hear. Like, I want to marry you. I want to have a family with you. Like, always oh, we talk about, like, wanting to have babies with me. Just, like, all this shit. But by the end of it, I, whenever I realized everything that was really going on and that had been going on the entire time that I knew him, it mind-fucked the shit out of me. Because I was like, wait, was any of it real? Did he really mean any of those things that he said? Or were those all just things that he said to keep me around and to like appease me so that he could go do whatever the fuck he wanted and fuck whoever? Like I was just so confused. And he was so sweet to me and did everything for me. And he was so attentive and caring and protective, but also so fucking terrible to me. When he was around me, he was amazing. And by the end of our relationship, I would find out that he was doing terrible things and treating me so fucking poorly behind my back. And that's what mind fucked me. How does someone make you feel so good and so fucking bad at the same time? And how do you tell the difference? Like, I was like, 
to me, I felt like he took something from me. Like every girl wants to hear that someday. Like like that somebody wants like like I want to marry you. I want to have a family with you. Like that's what like that's what we want to hear. And the first time that I ever heard it, like he didn't mean it. He just told me that because it was, like I said, to like appease me so he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to get out of whatever he had done. And I feel like he took that from me because now if somebody ever tells me that someday and really does mean it, like how am I going to know the difference? Whenever I had that session with my therapist and I realized how much I didn't believe that I deserved love, I thought about the quote that's like, we accept the love we think we deserve. And I started reflecting on all my relationships and my interactions with men. All of those relationships that I got cheated on and all of my casual flings or interactions that I've had with men. And in every single one of those circumstances, those men treated me like I was an option for them. And it made me reflect like, okay, why am I only attracted to men that treat me like I'm just a choice for them? What is it about me that is drawn to that? Is there a part of me that thinks that I'm not worthy of being chosen by them like I would choose them? That part that thinks I'm not worthy of being loved? In one of the first episodes of this podcast, I think it was like the fourth or fifth episode, I recorded with my brother and we were answering some questions and either he or one of my listeners had asked the question, uh, what is your, what was it? What is your greatest insecurity? And I said, I'm scared I'm not lovable. A lot of men desire me on a superficial level. Men want to fuck me. <laughs> they think I'm hot or whatever. But that's all they see me as. They don't take the time to try to get to know me beyond that. They put me in that box and that's all they'll ever see me as. And I know I welcome that from some people just due to the type of content and pictures that I post on my social media and the things that I talk about. I'm very comfortable with my body I'm comfortable with my sexuality I love my body I work my fucking ass off for my body I love my sexuality I love embracing that side of myself I'm not scared to show that off but there's also so many other sides to me that I equally embrace as well and whether you choose to see them or acknowledge them is really up to you and if all you ever see me as is an object of desire or something to fuck then you're the one that's missing out it does nothing for me that your dick gets hard around me or hard for me. Whatever, cool. Most of them do. That's going to get fucking boring real quick. What else? In the last episode when I said I was feeling lonely and I talked about this anxious feeling that I get at night and like first thing in the morning when I wake up about feeling lonely, it all stems from one feeling, like one fear. I know I don't need to meet my soulmate tomorrow. I'm not in a rush. And I know I have a lot of things that I can focus on while I wait, like my career and my podcast, my art, my family, bodybuilding, my business, my goals. I'm okay with waiting until it's my time. I can manage that lonely feeling till then. But I'm like, is it ever going to be then? Like, will it ever be it for me? Is there someone for me? Is anyone ever going to choose me back like I choose them? That's what fucks with me. That situation that I mentioned with my ex that I cheated on, he chose me. He chose me and he always chose me. And I acknowledge that I fucked that up. And I think that's where those feelings of like feeling unlovable and unworthy of love resurface. I don't want to say they stem from that specifically because I know it's a product of the environment that I grew up in and like the relationships that I was closest to during my developmental years. I grew up thinking 
that I was unworthy of that type of real, genuine, healthy love, or that it, I don't even know that I thought that I was unworthy of it. I just really didn't think that it existed. And like I said, I had never seen it up close. And then when I was close to it and I almost had it, I fucked it up. So a big part of me now is like, do I deserve love? Like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> what I'm looking for now and what I value now, I almost had it and I fucked it up. So is that it for me? Was that the only man that's ever really going to choose me back and I fucked it up? Like, there's a part of me inside that believes all of that to be true. And I think that's why I'm only ever attracted to men that are never going to choose me that are only going to treat me like I'm an option to them. That's where the sadness that I've been experiencing lately started. I had a situation happen recently where I really, really liked this guy, like, a lot. I was really starting to like him a lot. And I got disappointed in that situation, and it's all good. Uh, but that's when I started feeling like this again, like that, is anyone ever going to choose me back feeling? And that fear kind of started haunting me again, like, a lot. And I kind of couldn't fucking handle it. It really does make me so anxious because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just meant to be alone forever. Like maybe a relationship and love and marriage isn't in the cards for me. Maybe I'm not really marriage material. Maybe I'm not the type of girl that you invest in and marry. Maybe I'm just supposed to be the fun drunk and forever. And if that's the case, am I okay with that? Like... I've thought that before. There's so many things that I want to do in life and passions that I have. I love kids. I fucking love kids so much. And maybe I'm not meant to get married and have children of my own. But I know that God didn't place all of this love in my heart for children for nothing. Like maybe no one is ever really going to fall in love with me back because I'm not meant to be a wife. But maybe I'm meant to start a nonprofit helping orphans in third world countries. Like that's a desire that God placed on my heart. I specifically remember like my junior year of high school and I've never really let that go. It's something that I've always considered. And like I've, uh, I was doing like a, for a period of time, a bunch of mission trips and stuff like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to do again. Um, so part of me is okay with it. Like I'm like, I want to get married someday. I want to be a wife. I want to be a mom. But if I'm not meant to be that, I can't let my life feel like it's any less fulfilled because of it. There's plenty of other things that I can do and ways that I can spend my life that are fulfilling. And that's just one example of it. So I'm like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, that's where my anxiety, my anxiety comes from. Just not the unknown, not knowing what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. And that fear and anxiety isn't even what makes me sad. It's not... Like, a man not choosing me doesn't make me sad. I mean, yeah, it makes me a little sad. It makes me disappointed, but I get it. It doesn't break me down, like, or break me or knock me down. Like, I'll be okay. What makes me sad is the ways that I cope with the fear and the anxiety that arises from those situations. Like, when I... Like, I can be okay with one man, like, not choosing me or whatever. Like, yeah, it'll disappoint me. I might be a little upset, but, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm not, like, think it's the end of the world or whatever. But it does kind of make me feel like, well, fuck this again. Like, God damn it. Is anyone ever going to choose me? <laughs> In the past, I think I would deal with my depression and anxiety with, like, drugs and alcohol. I opened up about that a lot in the first few episodes of my podcast. I was a huge drinker and partier, like, especially in my early early to like mid 20s I was really addicted to prescription pills and I was really promiscuous and I would sleep around a lot and I was so fucking sad and empty and I think that I would just fill myself with anything that made me feel good for just a little while 
so I could forget how broken I was for just a little while. And I did that for years until I finally realized like all that shit was just breaking me even more. And it was killing me. It was going to kill me. And that's why I don't really drink or party a lot anymore. That's whenever I got into working out. And that was working out was like my healthy space to process through my emotions, to cope with my depression and anxiety. And I got really good at it. I got into competing and prepping for all different types of competitions and races and I would really just let it consume me and now I'm doing bodybuilding and it's a great thing but when it becomes a competition and a sport it can kind of take away from it being that healthy space to process through things because you can't let it or the sport consume your life so it's kind of a tricky balance to find when you feel like you you're, you whenever you feel like you have to work out it's something that you have to do for your training, for your sport. It doesn't always become a release anymore. Like, you don't see it as something that you get to do. It's like, okay, I have to do this. So when I'm feeling depressed and anxious, sometimes the gym doesn't really cut it for me anymore. I can go cry my way through a workout or be pissed off through a workout or whatever and still feel sad or angry afterwards. And then what do I do with that sadness? For me recently, again... All of this stemmed from feeling like someone wasn't choosing me back. I've talked a little recently about my last relationship that ended a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Speaking of my last relationship and Old Faithful, who I'm getting ready to talk about, uh, Old Faithful in a minute, I need to clear up a timeline. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but um, I mentioned, <laughs> it was brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, shit, I need to clear that up. I mentioned that me and my ex broke up about two years ago. It hasn't quite been two years. It'll be two years in April. Um, and me and Old Faithful have been hooking up for on and off for about four and a half years. And one of my guy friends called me out about that recently. He was trying to figure out how that timeline worked. And he assumed that I was cheating on my ex. Um, but, okay, so me and Old Faithful only ever hook up when we're both single. Like, I don't think he really dates a lot. Um... <laughs> but like especially whenever I'm in a relationship we're always up front with each other about it and uh and we respect that like we won't bother each other if one of us is in a relationship it's kind of like okay whatever hit me up whenever you break up so no I never cheated on my ex with old faithful I've never cheated on anyone with old faithful I've only ever cheated like that one time that on my ex that I mentioned earlier and that fucked up my world so fucking bad for so long I can honestly say I would never do it again so anyways me and my ex broke up and that relationship inevitably ended over cheating and just lack of trust that we were never gonna fucking get back and like I mentioned earlier I was so mind fucked by the end of it and I was so sad although I'm still confused about what was even real I was at some point head over heels in love with him or who I thought he was and it was during like the beginning of COVID that we broke up and locked down and I was away from all my family and friends and then my friend got killed several months after that. It was just, I was just sad as fuck and it took me so long to get over that breakup. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell kind of a funny story and then go back into the serious shit. So I'm really sad about the relationship and I really was so devastated and heartbroken over it that I didn't want to fuck with anyone for a long time. I didn't want to date anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to fuck anyone. But I wasn't getting over it. And my friends were all like, dude, you just need to get laid. Like, 
<laughs> I've never believed the expression, it takes someone new to get over someone old. Not for me. Maybe I believed it, but the independent side of me did not want it to be true for me. I wanted to totally get over someone on my own and be good on my own before I'd ever have anything with someone else because I want to be with someone because I want to be, not because I feel like I need to be. So I've never really been the type to try to rebound quickly or hook up with someone just to like get over someone else. Unless it was Old Faithful and it was just for sex because he's the only one like I knew I wouldn't have an emotional attachment to. But even he wasn't around at this time because it was during quarantine and like he was back home like where he's originally from so anyways my friends were like you need to get laid I was willing to try anything at that point because I was so fucking sick of being sad have you ever had rebound sex so bad you wanted to call your ex and cuss them out they say to get over someone you have to get under someone new and I was trying I was willing to give it a shot and the sex was so fucking bad oh my god it was so fucking bad like how how do I even describe it? Basically, he just ripped both of our pants off and started hammering away like a little jackrabbit. I was like, Jesus Christ, can you at least spit on it first or something? Shit. Well, he didn't have time to spit on it, actually, because the whole thing was over in about 13 seconds. After he was done, he fucking dismounted me and excused himself to go clean himself off. And I just like sat there in my misery. And he came back in and was like, do you want to go again? I was like, God, no. I literally sat at a stoplight on the way here that lasted longer than you did. Hell no, I don't want to go again. I'm going to err on the side of caution. I have no more room for disappointment tonight. And I wanted to call my ex on the way home and cuss him out. Like, why did you have to fuck up everything? <laughs> it didn't work. The sex was bad. I was still sat after. And in fact, I actually felt worse. I felt emptier. Because I felt like I was giving away a part of myself to someone I didn't even really want to give away a part of myself to just because I couldn't give it to the person that I wanted to give it to. So I still wasn't over that relationship for a really fucking long time after that, like almost a year. I was like, God damn, am I ever going to get over this? Am I ever really going to be able to move on? It's part of the reason why I moved away. Like, I especially felt like I was not going to get over it being there. And then I met the sexy gym guy. And that was the first time that I really allowed myself to kind of like someone at all since my ex. Like, at all. And then I didn't even think about my ex anymore. I mean, obviously, I, like, thought about him, but not from a place of sadness or anything. Hell, I feel like I could be friends with him at this point, And that's really fucking saying something. I'm really, really good friends with some of my exes now. And that's how I know I'm over them. I cannot be friends with you if I'm still stuck on you. So yeah, then I was starting to think like, well, damn, maybe it is true. Maybe it does just take someone new to get over someone old. And then I was like, so what is it though? Was it just the sex? Like, is that all it is? I just needed to have good sex. And I just had fucking terrible sex before. Like, and I tried downplaying it and telling myself that it was just a physical thing. And we just had good sexual chemistry. But then I was like, no, I actually like this person. Like he wanted to talk to me and to get to know me. And he was sweet towards me and respectful and like did thoughtful things for me. I liked him. It wasn't just about the sex. So then whenever I was disappointed over that again, I was kind of like, okay, I just have to meet someone new. Like, again, to get over this, I just have to meet someone new. Or I didn't want to be hung up on someone and sad again and like feeling like I was never going to get chosen. I guess I felt like I needed to fill that void. Then it was leading to things that were making me sad. 
and I wasn't like filling that void at the gym like I had been before so I don't know I started to look to fill it elsewhere I was like what do I need to date do I need to meet someone is it just sex do I just need to see old faithful so I was fucking trying it all I got on dating apps I met this hot guy I hit up old faithful I went to see him first I met this guy from a dating app and I talked a little about him in the last episode and I'll share a little more in this one but at first, I didn't really know how I felt about it. And he was kind of frustrating the fuck out of me, to be honest. But I didn't really press it too much because I knew I knew that what I was doing, like I knew my head was somewhere else. And I approached this situation and really any interaction with him looking for a distraction. So then I was like, fine, I just need a dick that I know has no frustration or drama or bullshit or lies attached to it. So I went to see Old Faithful and let me tell you something wow <laughs> wow normally we have really good sex and I don't know if like he wasn't into it or if I just wasn't into it because I knew that I was just there because I couldn't be somewhere else or what the fuck it was but it was terrible the sex was so fucking bad I hated it I thought about someone else the entire time I couldn't wait for it to be over and then I cried at first, I couldn't tell, like, if it was sexy that I was thinking about someone else while I was having sex with him. I don't know if it's some kind of, like, forbidden sexual thoughts or something like that. Like, I'm with him, but I'm thinking about you. I know a lot of men think are probably turned on by that. And I was like, is this hot? Is this sexy? But then I quickly realized, no, like, this isn't hot. It's not sexy at all. It's fucking sad. It's really, really, really fucking sad. I'm letting this man inside of me. I'm giving away a part of myself to this man that I really don't even fucking want to give anything to. A man that doesn't really even want that part of me either. Just because I can't give it to who I want to give it to. I'm only here because I can't be where I want to be. And that's the saddest fucking realization. And it leaves you feeling so goddamn fucking empty. But that's the culture that we live in today. We are so sex positive, sex positive, sex positive. Like, what the, what the fuck does that even really mean? Pro-casual hookups and casual dating and casual flings. Like, we don't know how to build anything that's fucking worth anything anymore. We value freedom over loyalty and commitment. We value something that's fleeting over something that's withstanding. We value options. We value convenience. But where does all of that shit lead us? I was reading something on, uh, I think it was Instagram. Um, yeah, it was Instagram. <laughs> two men from like the Bachelor Nation. Um, it was two men debating like the sex positive culture today. One of them was pro sex positive and the other was negative. Like the one that was against the sex positive culture said that he thought that that mentality, the sex positive mentality, was diminishing the value of sex in relationships and therefore devaluing relationships, which I fuck with. I stand behind that. I feel that way too. I talked about that in like episode two or three a lot and like probably many other times in this since I've started this show. Um, and the guy that was pro sex positive culture and casual hookups said that it's important to have those casual hookups so that you can find out what you like, like sexually, what you're looking for in life. 
which I get that to some extent, I guess. And maybe my opinion is a little biased because I've already been through it and experienced it. And I'm saying all this on the other side of it now. I had my hoe face. Fuck, I had a couple of hoe faces, I'm sure. And all of that, like, all of that casual fucking and meaningless sex left me feeling fucking empty. All of those men, every single one of them left me emptier than they found me. Every fucking one of them. All of those men that treated me like I was disposable and senseless fucking sex led to heartbreak and depression and anxiety and lack of self-worth and self-harm and self-deprecation. All this like pain and the fears that I have now that I have to take with me into any potential relationship in the future. All this fucking baggage that I have to try to sort through and process through to get to a place where I can really see past all of it enough to love and value myself enough uh, so that like myself so that I can open myself up to being loved and valued by someone else. But this is what we're supposed to be doing, right? According to society, this is what like the men that I try to be involved with are doing. This is what my friends are doing. This is what my peers are doing. We're all supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to be experimenting and figuring out what we like. I know what I like sexually. I like dirty, kinky, passionate, adventurous, spontaneous, passionate fucking sex. I don't need to fuck half the town to figure that out. I know I'm sexy. I don't need to fuck 10 guys to validate that. I know I'm a badass bitch. I don't need to fuck a man in every city I travel to to verify that. Why is that what we're supposed to be doing? Why are we supposed to be treating people like they're fucking disposable? Why are we supposed to be treating sex like it means nothing? And is anyone ever going to talk about how we're all going to feel afterwards? Once we go through this fucking phase, once we all are done with our fucking hoe phases, am I the only goddamn person that feels this way? We do this shit and we hurt other people in the process and we hurt ourselves and then we dismiss it by saying shit like, oh, it's just part of the journey, the self-discovery. Yeah, I fucked 100 dudes. I sucked 99 dicks, but at least I really know myself now. If I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't know who I am or what I really want in life. If I'm not fucking a different woman every night of the week, how am I going to find my wife? Get the fuck out of here. That's all a bunch of bullshit lies that we use to comfort ourselves and to blanket the fact that at the end of the day, we are a generation that is so fucking scared to commit to anything anything we can't commit to a job we can't commit to a goal we can't commit to an idea we can't commit to a fucking netflix series we can't commit to one person long enough to build anything that's worth having we're all just building sandcastles and i'm fucking sick of it like this is the kind of shit that keeps me up at night that's my anxiety whenever i wake up in the morning and it leaves me feeling scared and eager to find someone sometimes. And then a lot of times it just makes me not want to fuck with anyone ever again. Like, I know I'll be good on my own. Like I mentioned, I know I have plenty of shit to focus on that will keep me busy and give me a meaningful life. And the thought of trying to find someone again, of opening up myself to someone again, like, yeah, I could do it. But what comes with it? Is it something good? Is it something of value? Is it something that I can treasure or is it going to fucking destroy me again? Is it going to pick me up just to knock me down again? Is it going to choose me or use me and dispose of me? And the possibility that it could be any of those things makes me want to shut off from it completely. Like I don't even want to give anyone the opportunity to even think about hurting me again, whether it be intentional or not. 
And it's not just me. I see it happening with everyone around me. I'm sure it's not gender specific. I'm saying a lot of this, like my perspective as being a woman and having interactions with men, but I'm sure it's not gender specific. I bet it goes both ways. And I'm speaking from my perspective and the perspective of my friends that are mostly females. I've seen so many situations recently where women will settle for whatever a man will give her. And usually it's sex. Like the men are treating them like they're options. They're entertaining them and other women at the same time. And it's like all the women are competing to be the one that he's going to fucking pick in the end. And he's not going to fucking pick any of them, honestly. Because if he was really ever going to pick any one of them, he wouldn't be entertaining all of them. One of the girls that he's fucking around with is probably not going to be the one that he chooses to marry. And I really believe that whenever a man is ready, like truly ready to settle down, he'll be with whoever he's with at the time or whoever is around. I don't, I mean, I think it has everything to do with timing way more than it has to do with like the woman and who she is. But in the meantime, most of them treat women like they're just an option. They're, they're, they're disposable. And I see how that makes women feel. I feel that. And every woman swears that like she won't tolerate that and she'll never put up with that. And, but then, and she's in that situation. And like I said, like, You'll settle for whatever he'll fucking give you. Whatever crumbs he'll give you, you'll fucking eat. Whatever part of him he's willing to give her, she'll settle for that. She'd rather have something from him than nothing. And that is so fucking sad to me. Because she's losing herself in that. She's losing her own self-worth. Sacrificing like her values and her morals and what's important to her. Especially in the situation where like women are hooking up with men that are in fucking relationships. Like I've seen so many women be faithful to dudes that are married or like in committed relationships. What the fuck is that? And they know it. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I get so fucking heated. And I've spent a lot of time in this episode speaking from like a self-proclaimed victim mentality. I'm talking a lot about the men that have hurt me, but I know I've hurt men too. Like... I just did recently. I mentioned I was disappointed about one situation. I was like, okay, I just need a distraction. Like I went to see Old Faithful. I thought I just uh, needed to like meet someone new. Like I needed attention from a man. <laughs> and I did. I got on a dating app and I met this guy. He was helping me out with something at first. <laughs> I met him in person and I was like immediately super attracted to him physically and I just had a lot of fun around him he was really cool and he opened up to me from the very beginning about some pretty heavy shit about his past relationships and just his personal life he was really vulnerable with me which I thought was sexy as fuck and I admired it honestly because I could tell that it wasn't easy for him and that it wasn't something that he usually did but for whatever reason he would say it's because he liked me he felt like he could open up to me. And he did. He did. The things that he opened up to me about, and I could see how it was affecting him and how it had affected the way that he was navigating through life. I could see how heavy it was for him. And I just wanted to, like, seriously wrap my arms around him and squeeze him so tight and be like, it's okay. I don't know. I just, like, I knew he was special. But like I said earlier, I knew my head was somewhere else and that I was just approaching the situation looking for a distraction. So when I started to realize, oh shit, like this guy is hurt and he's opening up to me about being hurt. I can't hurt him. Like I need to figure my own shit out first. And I tried to create like a little distance there, but also our communication was just fucking terrible. Like we couldn't get on the same page about anything. And I'll take the blame for a lot of that because I was just not in a good headspace and I was projecting a lot of my own fears and insecurities and shit on him. There was this guy that I liked. <laughs> 
There was this guy that I liked one time. I really liked him a lot. And whenever we were talking or whatever, he made me this playlist. And he would add songs to it that made him think of me or reminded him of us or like some of our memories together or whatever. It was cute. Well, when that kind of ended and we were like cutting things off, which I can be cold about, like if I still have feelings for you, like I said, it's hard for me to be friends with you. I don't want to follow you on social media and see you all the time. That makes me miss you and it makes me sad, like out of sight, out of mind. No, I'm out of sight. You're probably still on my fucking mind. That's why I don't need to see you and what you're doing all the time, too. So I'll just cut off communication like all together. And so we weren't talking at all. And I noticed that he started adding all these like sad songs to the playlist. And I was so confused by it. Like, what? Is this how he feels? Like, I'm so confused. Did I miss something? So we ended up talking again and ended up being like, he was just like, let's be friends. And I was like, okay, like, I'd like that. I mean, I didn't want to be on bad terms with him. But at the same time, like after that conversation, I was so confused and mind fucked. I was like, who the fuck makes a playlist of songs like that just to say, let's be friends? Like that is so misleading and confusing. You could have just added Barney and friends or like the um, the fucking friends theme song to the list. And that would have made more sense at least. But whatever, I was overthinking and I was thinking too much into it. I was wrong. I'm over it now. But for a while after that, I felt really stupid and bamboozled so fast forward to me meeting this guy in orlando on the dating app and again we're not really like on the same page not sure where it's going if anywhere if we would ever date each other if we would ever like hook up with each other at this point it was still nothing like we had just been on a few dates and we but we stayed in touch every day i wake up every single morning four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym and he goes to work every day at five so like we were always up starting our days at the same time and every morning like clockwork he would text me good morning pretty lady and he was like my little like morning motivation for the gym <laughs> and like i i would get up and go to the gym and avoid pressing snooze just because i knew he was gonna send me that good morning crushing in the gym today text and i didn't want to have to like text him back that i overslept hours later so it motivated me to get up so one morning he texted me and I think honestly I think I was already a little annoyed with him from the previous night but whatever he texted me good morning beautiful I'm already thinking about you on my way to work and he sends me a playlist songs that made him think about me and boy was I feeling fucking triggered apparently I was like oh another fucking playlist is this a bunch of songs you don't mean I can't fucking wait to listen to this bullshit so this really was a reminder to myself of how fucking crazy I can be like I don't think I've been this crazy in a couple of years but it really set me off and I turned into a cunt like I can't even say a bitch uh, how I treated this poor undeserving man was way worse than bitchy so I'm triggered and enraged and at this point I was having an excellent workout but I never responded to his good morning, beautiful text. I just ignored it and I channeled all of my anger into my workout in this fucking playlist. <laughs> so he can obviously at this point tell that I'm ignoring him. He knows I'm up. He knows I don't miss. He knew I was ignoring him. So he sent me that adorable little emoji. It reminds me of the baby Yoda. The one with the big tears welled up in its eyes that looks like it's about to cry. Oh my god, that emoji fucking melts me like when a man uses it. I don't know why. I just think it's so fucking cute. But so he sent me that because like he was about to not really but like he was upset that he knew I was ignoring him <laughs> and all I said back was what 
obviously I just typed out W-H-A-T, but that's how I said it in my head. I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, damn, that's the energy I get. And I said, yeah, leave me alone. LOL. I just had to throw that LOL in there. <laughs> he definitely held that over my head later but he was like what like I'm so confused where is this coming from I don't think I did anything wrong and then I kind of started to feel a little bad because I realized oh shit this poor man he really did do nothing wrong like he's just trying to be sweet to me this morning and like send me some cute sweet songs and I'm taking everything out on him <laughs> but also I was like still deep in my crazy and pissed off so I just was like I don't remember exactly what I said but I was like look I'm not in a good place right now my head's fucked up I don't want to talk to you or anyone you didn't do anything but I just want everyone to leave me the fuck alone this isn't going anywhere it's obvious like we can't get on the same page I just need to focus on myself right now and getting back on track because my head is really fucked up right now I'm not in a good place and I think that he was totally <laughs> blindsided by all of that and hurt because I was being completely irrational and he just said he was like I wish I never would have opened up to you and we ended up having like some more conversations after this and he really showed me in this situation that like crazy gets rewarded because at first he was like gonna just leave me alone and then he was like actually matter of fact no I'm not gonna leave you alone like we need to talk about this you're being crazy whatever and so he took me out to dinner that night to like some swanky bougie place and we talked about things and since then things have like ended we still can't get on the fucking same page but um where was I going with all that uh, I don't know, but I started feeling once he said that to me, once he, that's it. Once he said, I wish I never would have opened up to you. I was like, Oh, I felt like this fucking big. I know nobody can see, but I'm holding my fingers together really small. I felt like so fucking shitty because that's when I realized I am making him feel exactly like I had felt like I am treating him like how I felt like I was being treated. I had totally projected all of my shit onto him. And now I was treating him poorly for no reason. Like I was letting him down and disappointing him because it had been done to me. I was treating him like he was an option to me because I was used to being treated like I was an option to men and I wanted to feel the power of being on the other end of that. Because I didn't take enough time in between trying to figure my own goddamn shit out before I went and fucked with someone else. Because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be having fun. I'm supposed to go find someone else to get over this person. Like finding someone new, getting under someone else. Because that's what we've all been taught. That's what we're hearing being preached to us today on social media and in the stupid fucking memes and song lyrics, on TV shows, on podcasts. We're taught to value freedom over loyalty and commitment. We're taught to value like we're taught that it's cooler to value something that's fleeting over valuing something that's withstanding. We're taught like you're popping when you've got options. It's okay to trade something of value for something that's convenient. I don't know. This is how I've been feeling all week, really forever, but this is what has really been fucking with me this week. And I almost didn't even t post this episode, who knows if I will after I actually get done recording, or like talk about it at all. Because I'm like, I'm probably the only one that feels this way. Like maybe everybody else really is having fun with all this casual sex and like fucking around and everything. Maybe it's making all these people feeling fulfilled and I'm the only one that's fucking feeling empty. Like I... <laughs> 
I know I feel like I'm not supposed to feel this way I feel like I'm supposed to be out partying and hooking up with people and having fun and like dating around and all this shit I'm not supposed to be thinking this deeply about things I'm not supposed to be feeling this deeply and I was feeling like I need to be like everyone else like I'm overthinking it I need to treat sex casually it's not that deep it's not serious I just need to have fun that's what I keep saying like over and over I just need to have fun I just need to have fun but I'm not fucking having fun with it. Like it leaves me feeling fucking empty and sad. And this morning I realized like this is the shit that makes me different. We need people like me. We need people that are willing to be vulnerable about, about these types of things to create opportunities for these discussions. We need safe places for people to be able to openly communicate about stuff like this with people that can relate and find things within each other or other people that you can resonate with because that's what creates connection. I genuinely like talking about this type of stuff, whether you agree with it or you're some dude that thinks I'm fucking crazy for thinking this way. Like, I like talking about these things, the, the things that lie in like the deep and dark places in my mind, the things that I'm scared of, the things that keep me up at night. I'm fucking deep and I feel things deeply and I'm incredibly passionate. It's OK for me to be like that. I don't have to try to be like anyone else. I don't have to try to dilute myself or like water myself down to to be like what I think I'm supposed to be like or what I think society thinks I'm supposed to be like. My depth is what makes me unique. This is what makes me stand out from other people. It's what draws people to me. And this is what makes me special for someone. I should embrace that about myself because somebody is going to fucking love me for that. And the rest of you can fuck off respectfully and in case no one has told you yet today i love you oh,